Chapter 18 of A Retrospect. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Russell Newton. A Retrospect by J. Hudson Taylor. Chapter 18. A New Agency Needed. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 1, verses 8 and 9. How true are these words! When the Lord is bringing in great blessing in the best possible way, how oftentimes our unbelieving hearts are feeling, if not saying, like Jacob of old, all these things are against me. Or we are filled with fear, as were the disciples when the Lord, walking on the waters, drew near to quiet the troubled sea, and to bring them quickly to their desired haven. And yet mere common sense ought to tell us that he whose way is perfect can make no mistakes, that he who has promised to perfect that which concerneth us, and whose minute care counts the very hairs of our heads, and forms for us our circumstances, must know better than we the way to forward our truest interests and to glorify his own name blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain god is his own interpreter and he will make it plain to me it seemed a great calamity that failure of health compelled my relinquishing work for god in china just when it was more fruitful than ever before and to leave the little band of christians in ningpo needing much care and teaching was a great sorrow nor was the sorrow lessened when on reaching england medical testimony assured me that to return to china at least for years to come was impossible little did i then realize that the long separation from china was a necessary step towards the formation of a work which god would bless as he has blessed the china inland mission while in the field the pressure of claims immediately around me was so great that i could not think much of the still greater needs of the regions farther inland and if they were thought of, could do nothing for them. But while detained for some years in England, daily viewing the whole country on the large map on the wall of my study, I was as near to the vast regions of inland China as to the smaller district in which I had labored personally for God, and prayer was often the only resource by which the burdened heart could gain any relief. As a long absence from China appeared inevitable, the next question was how best to serve China while in England, and this led to my engaging for several years with the late Reverend F. F. Gao of the CMS in the revision of a version of the New Testament in the Colloquial of Ningpo for the British and Foreign Bible Society. In undertaking this work, in my short-sightedness, I saw nothing beyond the use that the book and the marginal references would be to the native Christians. But I have often seen since that Without those months of feeding and feasting on the Word of God, I should have been quite unprepared to form, on its present basis, a mission like the China Inland Mission. In the study of that divine Word, I learned that, to obtain successful laborers, not elaborate appeals for help, but first, earnest prayer to God to thrust forth laborers, and second, the deepening of the spiritual life of the Church, so that men should be unable to stay at home, were what was needed. I saw that the apostolic plan was not to raise ways and means, but to go and do the work, trusting in his sure word who has said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added unto you. In the meantime, the prayer for workers for Che Kiang was being answered. The first, Mr. Meadows, sailed for China with his young wife in January 1862, through the kind cooperation and aid of our friend Mr. Berger. The second left England in 1864, having her passage provided by the Foreign Evangelization Society. The third and fourth reached Ningpo on July 24, 1865. A fifth soon followed them, reaching Ningpo in September 1865. Thus, the prayer for the five workers was fully answered, and we were encouraged to look to God for still greater things. Months of earnest prayer and not a few abortive efforts have resulted in a deep conviction that a special agency was essential for the evangelization of inland China. At this time I had not only the daily help of prayer and conference with my beloved friend and fellow worker, the late Reverend F. F. Gao, but also invaluable aid and counsel from Mr. and Mrs. Berger, with whom I and my dear wife, whose judgment and piety were of priceless value at this juncture, spent many days in prayerful deliberation. The grave difficulty of possibly interfering with existing missionary operations at home was unforeseen, but it was concluded that, by simple trust in God, suitable agency might be raised up and sustained without interfering injuriously with any existing work. I had also a growing conviction that God would have me to seek from him the needed workers and to go forth with them, but for a long time unbelief hindered my taking the first step. How inconsistent unbelief always is! I had no doubt that, if I prayed for workers in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they would be given me. I had no doubt that in answer to such prayer, the means for our going forth would be provided, and that doors would be opened before us in unreached parts of the empire. But I had not then learned to trust God for keeping power and grace for myself, so no wonder that I could not trust him to keep others who might be prepared to go with me. I feared that in the midst of the dangers, difficulties, and trials which would necessarily be connected with such work, some who were comparatively inexperienced Christians might break down, and bitterly reproach me for having encouraged them to undertake an enterprise for which they were unequal. Yet what was I to do? The feeling of blood-guiltiness became more and more intense. Simply because I refused to ask for them, the laborers did not come forward, did not go out to China, and every day tens of thousands were passing away to Christless graves. Perishing China so filled my heart and mind that there was no rest by day and little sleep by night till health broke down. At the invitation of my beloved and honored friend, Mr. George Pierce, then of the Stock Exchange, I went to spend a few days with him in Brighton. On Sunday, June 25, 1865, Unable to bear the sight of a congregation of a thousand or more Christian people rejoicing in their own security, while millions were perishing for lack of knowledge, I wandered out on the sands alone in great spiritual agony. And there the Lord conquered my unbelief, and I surrendered myself to God for this service. I told him that all the responsibility as to issues and consequences must rest with him, that as his servant it was mine to obey and to follow him, his to direct to care for, and to guide me and those who might labor with me. Need I say that peace at once flowed into my burdened heart? There and then I asked him for twenty-four fellow workers, two for each of eleven inland provinces which were without a missionary, and two for Mongolia. And writing the petition on the margin of the Bible I had with me, 
I returned home with a heart enjoying rest such as it had been a stranger to for months, and with an assurance that the Lord would bless his own work, and that I should share in the blessing. I had previously prayed, and asked prayer that the workers might be raised up for the eleven then unoccupied provinces, and thrust forth and provided for, but had not surrendered myself to be their leader. About this time, with the help of my dear wife, I wrote the little book, China's Spiritual Need and Claims. Every paragraph was steeped in prayer. With the help of Mr. Berger, who had given valued aid in the revision of the manuscript, and who bore the expense of printing an edition of 3,000 copies, they were soon put in circulation. I spoke publicly of the proposed work as opportunity permitted, especially at the Perth and Mildmay conferences of 1865, and continued in prayer for fellow workers who were soon raised up, and after due correspondence were invited to my home, then in the east of London. When one house became insufficient, the occupant of the adjoining house removed, and I was able to rent it, and when that in its turn became insufficient, further accommodation was provided close by. Soon there were a number of men and women under preparatory training, and engaging in evangelistic work which tested in some measure their qualifications as soul winners. End of chapter 18